Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash B-P-P-O-D. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from price for life offer and may be increased. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 57. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with the freshly tanned Brandon Turner. What up, Brandon? <laughs> What's up, Josh? I don't know if, uh, if they call this tan in your part of the world, but here they call it sunburned. Yeah, yeah. You're you're one of those translucent guys who gets red when you uh, go out in the sun, aren't you? That's it. Well, here's what I did. So I was on vacation last week. I went and took a cruise down to the Bahamas in Aruba, and it was amazing. And uh, it was good weather, right? Hot, sunny. And I'm like, I'm going to go out and get a tan. So I took my spray sunscreen, that new fancy spray stuff, and I sprayed it all over. And then I went out in the sun for like nine hours. 
And then like the next day I wake up. Yeah, if up, you read the directions, by the way, it <laughs> says reapply every X hours. Well, no, then. that wasn't even it. Here's what happened. The spray, apparently I like sprayed it across my body, but I didn't rub it in. And so I woke up the next morning with bright red stripes followed by <laughs> white stripes. I look like a candy cane <laughs> across my entire body. I am a giant awesome. candy cane. Yeah. Apparently you're supposed to rub that stuff in. It's not just spray lines on your body and it magically nice. covers. Anyway, moving on. That's awesome. Candy cane man. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. Welcome back. It's it's good to have you, man. We're we're uh, we're excited you're you're back in the motherland. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's good to be back. I left 85 degree weather for uh, rain and 45 and indie music, and I was like, I'm back in Seattle. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. That's that's great. So uh, all's well here at Bigger Pockets. We uh, we are fully we're we're staffed up. I, we we just brought in on a uh, a new team member. Her name is Caitlin. Uh, you'll see her on the forums. You'll see her around the site. If you need help with stuff, she's there to help you out. Um, and, uh, so I'm super excited to have a little bit of assistance for, for Brandon and I, uh, so that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, well, let's, let's kind of start moving into this thing. Uh, why don't we start with our quick tip, quick tip, today's quick tip. If you've got a company, some kind of business, you know, you're a real estate investor, you've got a company name, uh, Go and set up, or even if you're a company in the industry, go ahead and set up a company profile in Bigger Pockets. You can do that really easy at biggerpockets.com/slash/companies. Uh, set up one of these company profiles so people can find out about your business. And uh, the cool thing is, it's actually linked to uh, your personal profile. So on the top right of your personal profile, there'll be a company logo there, and it'll point people to that company page, which is kind of like your calling card uh, for your business. So definitely do that. One of the other really cool uh, benefits of the company profile uh, actually comes only if you're a pro member. But for those pro guys, what's awesome is you can actually add your company logo uh, below every one of your forum posts in your signature, and it'll link to that profile. So essentially, as you participate on the site, you're getting all this great brand awareness. So uh, you know it's definitely something to look at. You can find out more about it at biggerpockets.com/pro, uh, where we talk about all the pro benefits. And if you want to learn more about building your business, building your name, your brand, your company on our site, uh, definitely check out biggerpockets.com slash biz, uh, which has got this kind of cool tutorial for uh, for you. Uh, with, with that said, this as show 57, in honor of Brandon's return from vacation, uh, we're actually going to be talking about the topic of vacation rentals. Uh, so our guest today is Matt Landau. And uh, Matt specializes in vacation rentals and has been featured in places like CNN Money, U.S. News and World Report, Business Week. And of course, he's uh, a blogger on our very own Bigger Pockets blog. I, Matt knows a ton about marketing, filling vacancies, dealing with uh, vacation tenants and a whole lot more. So we're definitely excited to have him here. And with that, why don't we jump into the show uh, before we do that, if you've got questions, definitely jump on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 57. All right, Matt, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you here. It is a pleasure to be here, Josh, or there, where, wherever we are. Where are we, by the way? I think we're, we've, we're meeting somewhere over the Pacific Ocean at this point. Damn. I'm in, I'm in Panama. <laughs> You're in Panama. All right, well, let's get Brandon in on this. Brandon, you're going to welcome him or what? 
Matt, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you so much, Brandon. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. Did you like how my uh, introduction was much better than Josh's? Yeah, <laughs> way more refined. Yeah, Very clearly. much so. Clearly. 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 All right. Well, yeah, you said you're in Panama. So uh, before we get to why you're in Panama, why don't we get kind of the backstory? I mean, how did, how did that happen? Why are you there? Where'd you come from? Et cetera. Yeah, I, I, I'm originally a New Jersey native, Princeton, New Jersey. Was not East Coast. East Coast, that's right. Was not smart enough to actually go to Princeton. So I was, uh, I was <laughs> deported down to the University of Richmond in Virginia. Uh, after graduation, I made my way to Costa Rica. Uh, at the time, yes. I was doing some travel writing. Uh, and in that sub southern trend, I made my way down to Panama next, uh, which according to all my colleagues in Costa Rica, was the perfect destination at the time for someone like me, uh, who was not only looking to uh, invest in some projects, but also just for a, a very high quality lifestyle. And I found myself here in the historic district of Panama City, which is sort of a, a mixture of uh, New Orleans about 100 years ago, if you can envision that down in the tropics. Uh, found more or less a neighborhood that I fell in love with, stayed in a fleet of vacation rentals that I now own, and the rest is history. Seven years later, we're now the top ranked uh, lodging here in Panama City, and we have more five-star reviews than almost any other hotel in the country apart from the Panama Canal, of course. Fascinating. Wow. Fascinating. So, uh, well, that's awesome, man. So, so you decided you weren't going to take the traditional path and, you know, found your way down and now you're, uh, now you're a vacation rental landlord. Yeah. I, I can't say it was planned at all. It sounds, it sounds romantically organized, but in reality, it was all just sort of off the cuff <laughs> decisions that brought me down here. Um, and, and time really does fly when you're having fun. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, cool. oh, very, very cool. Well, as I said in our intro, I just got off of a you know long vacation and it was wonderful. And the whole time I kept thinking, how could I incorporate my you know, real estate investing into my uh, vacation life? And so I thought, I need to talk to Matt and get him on the wow. show. Yes. Your vacation life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sounds sounds good to me. I I, I don't know. Yeah. You, you must have a pretty good boss. <laughs> I must. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'll have to meet him someday. Uh, so I guess what I'm wondering is, I, I, I mean, I got like a thousand questions we're going to try to cover today in the next hour. But uh, why don't we start out with just a really, really, really basic one. What is a vacation rental? I mean, for those people who are brand new at this, what are we even talking about here? A vacation rental can be any property, really. I mean, uh, it started off as kind of second homes um, that were used only part-time and in searching for a new source of income, the owner decided to rent it out short-term. Um, where In my part of the world, short-term means under 30 days. I think the actual um, logistics change depending on where you're based. Um, but in general, the vacation rental targets a tourist, um, typically a group, a family, in some cases couples. Um, that are looking for a more private and in a lot of cases, much more affordable place to stay than a traditional hotel. Got it. So, so what's the difference between a hotel and a vacation rental then? There's massive differences. Um, the idea behind a vacation rental being that you can live a little bit more like a local, um, have a little bit more of an authentic locals experience as opposed to the generic hotel uh, you know, confines of a traditional tour bus, for instance. This is more an experience of, of immersing yourself in the local community, cooking your own meals, making friends, inviting them over for 
for drinks if you're lucky. Ah, uh, there you go. Nice. I, 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 I was going to say, I just went to a vacation. I did my first like vacation rental. I went to Miami and I stayed in one. And uh, I found out the lady had asked us, she said, don't mention that you found this. You know, this is a vacation rental if you see the neighbors. And I didn't know why. And later I found out that's because Florida has some really strict rules and laws about vacation rentals. So I guess what can you what can you kind of tell us about that? Are they legal, illegal? I mean, what are we looking at? Yeah, again, it's it's specific to each state and in some cases county. Um, but as vacation rentals have emerged as such a powerful um, trend in the travel sector, according to a recent Google study, vacation rentals are going to comprise 30% of all U.S. travel by the end of this year, which is massive. Wow. Yeah. Um, with that giant boom and more and more travelers staying in rentals and more and more owners deciding to rent out their properties, you can imagine that a lot of the more traditional hotel owners are sensing some unfair competition. So most of those destinations that have uh, vacation rental bans, or at least rumors of vacation rental bans, um, are those those bans are driven by the hotel lobbyists. Um, but there's also some legitimate, you know, components to those complaints in that vacation rentals are not standardized. Um, they're not operated in the same way that a traditional hotel would be in terms of security and safety and insurance and all that kind of stuff. So there are some very um, fair and legitimate uh, concerns about that about that movement as well. But in general, it's it really does depend on your local legislature. I would recommend anyone who's considering investing in a vacation rental go directly to their local tourism board and ask if it's an okay thing to do. Unlike your uh, your Florida host. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's. I've got a buddy in New York who has uh, has a bunch of uh, property and and uh, he does the uh, Airbnb VRBO thing and it's at least uh, from what he's told me it's it's not 100% kosher in New York City to do that and the hotel lobby in New York City is staunchly staunchly against uh, allowing uh, vacation rentals to to be operated through these sites because it's not in their interest it's killing them yeah, it's, I mean, it's, a, again, a, a very legitimate concern. Um, if it's being monitored and um, sort of enforced in, in a fair uh, and safe way, I think there's, uh, everyone can win, you know. So there's several reports out of San Francisco that vacation rental guests are generating more per capita than ho hotel guests. Um, Interesting. Which, from a tourism perspective, should make uh, the government very happy. Is it, is and, that, okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask about the tax implications. What it would seem the government doesn't like vacation rentals, maybe because it's a lot easier to go under the table. Like I'm sure this lady that I paid my sixty-five dollars to each night, you know, in in Miami, I'm sure she didn't go and immediately report that to the government. Is that a concern? That is a concern, but um, there's a very simple way around that, and that is to run your vacation rental like a business and report all of your income and obviously write off your various marketing expenses. Um, in the same way that, you know, Uber um, or a number of the shared economy um, applications that have sort of made these services available at much less expensive prices have organized it in a very formal um, and business-like sort of way, vacation rental owners need to be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Agreed. So, so I mean, how how easy is this? You know, am, am I just going to go open the doors and have people rushing in to, to rent my uh my condo in Miami, assuming, of course, I've got one. Uh, we could talk about that another time, but, uh, you know. <laughs> he doesn't. 
I don't, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, what, what kind of challenges do, do, do new vacation rental owners face? Obviously you had talked about, yeah, you want to go out and check, look into local legislation. So you're not running, I think they call it what a boarding house, right? Is that, is that kind of the term that, that folks yeah, down here, they call it hoteles clandestinos, which would be clandestine hotels, but oh, sounds sexy whipping out a little Spanish on you. <laughs> But beyond, so beyond that, I mean, what other things do you really need to do? Are these things, obviously, I'm assuming they're furnished. Yeah, you know, we're very fortunate right now to be at the very, very beginning of a massive trend. Um, and a funny thing has happened in that over the past 10 years, vacation rentals have become so much more popular than they once were. Um, and with that boom comes a couple of interesting dynamics. So if you, Josh, were to have your quote unquote Miami condo 10 years ago, you probably would have had no trouble filling it up more or less at any price that you chose on a regular basis. Um, because more and more competition has come to the market, because, for instance, Brandon has bought the condo next to you in Miami uh, and priced his a little bit lower than yours, or maybe given a little bit of better service than you than you did, Josh, because we all know, you know, your customer service. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let's stop. For a second here. I, 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 my, I think my headset was not working for a second there. Did you just like, really? Oh, that's awesome. Um, the stories have hey, got around. Josh. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Around. We're getting a new guest on the show today. <laughs> Matt Landau couldn't be here. He uh, was, you know, struggling through fighting off shark bites in Panama. <laughs> no, but, but in all seriousness, the amount of competition, um, has increased exponentially. Um, so what used to be a very easy gig of putting your property on one of these large websites like Airbnb or HomeAway um, or FlipKey, which is the TripAdvisor branch, um, has become a lot more difficult than it once was. So no longer can you just open your doors, put up a listing and expect to be full year round. And that's changing more and more every single day. All right, yeah, yeah, that makes, uh, that makes sense. Um... And I know, I know we'll get into that here in a little bit later when we talk about marketing, which is one of your big emphases in the vacation rental world. But uh, before we do that, let's talk more about investing in vacation rental properties. The people listening to the show are either real estate investors or soon-to-be real estate investors. So I guess my first question would be, why would somebody buy a vacation rental and not just you know, a duplex down the street from their house? The, the short answer to that question is the return on your investment can be you know, exponentially higher. Um, let's say you do buy that condo down the road that is in a tourism sort of district, um, and you can typically get $2,000 a month um, from a long-term renter. In, let's say we were to use very, very conservative numbers and say you were to book 15 nights out of the month at an average of $250 or $300. That's already two thousand. You've already increased your income by about a hundred percent. Of course, it does require a lot more maintenance, and it does require a little bit more of a marketing sense to keep those fifteen nights filled every month. Um, but when you put it side by side uh, alongside a long-term rental, the numbers can be staggeringly higher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, well, which leads me to to think about the turnover. You know, obviously on a on a traditional rental you're not your your goal is to minimize turnover and and to keep it to you know as as little as possible uh on a vacation rental it's part of the game right you're going to get 
people who come for one day, two days, five days, a week, two weeks, whatever, but nobody's there for six months. So, um, you know, I, I think of life as a landlord and, and dealing with the, the, the just nightmare scenario of people destroying crap. Um, how much of that have you experienced in terms of uh, your properties? Or do you do you have a lot of people destroying them or, or is that part of screening? Can you even screen for vacation renters? Yeah, it's a great question, Josh. And because this industry is so new, we've seen a lot of those kind of disasters happen. I don't know if you guys followed that disaster in New York City where an Airbnb renter totally trashed and ruined a, a nice condo. Um, and in that case, I believe Airbnb covered the covered the, the damages. Um, okay. But as a lot of these vacation rental owners and or managers are new to the game, um, they're not quite as well versed as maybe a hotel would be in handling those kind of challenging situations. So in my particular case, because I've now been doing this for about eight years, um, I have a really good idea of what type of clients we like, what are the telltale signs of potential um, crazy folks, which I'm sure we, we've all you know, stayed next to once or twice. <laughs> um, and in my particular case, it's a combination of the right price point. Um, obviously, if you're renting something out at 500 bucks a night, um, chances are you know, there's not going to be quite as much damages, ideally, as if it was 50 bucks a night. Um, that makes sense. The same goes for what kind of clients you're targeting. If you're hosting a family with kids, um, you'd expect the the care to be slightly more um, sort of familial with uh, than than say a group of spring breakers. Um, so a lot of that does go into the marketing, and a lot of new owners do find that it takes about a year to hash out their ideal uh, guest profile before they can really hit a sweet spot. Hey Matt, you you just said something that got my brain turning. So as a landlord, I I have fair housing laws that I have to follow. I can't uh, discriminate based on family, based on any you know origins, whatever. But you know you're talking about uh, marketing these vacation rentals to families. Is there any kind of fair housing laws that oversee uh, this industry, or or? Are you kind of free to say this is perfect for families? You know, something that you could never say, obviously, in a in a uh, typical rental. I, I can't really speak for for the United States because I've kind of made my living down here in the in the third world where we can discriminate as much as we want. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. And I do. Um, be very thoughtful in who you rent to. Um, be generous in in having faith in folks uh, because a lot of people are concerned right up front that someone's going to trash their house and it never happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are those unusual scenarios in which case I would recommend um, home insurance, this kind of home insurance that a lot of owners have been using that covers that sort of thing. But in general, have faith in, in humanity. Can, can you really quickly, last uh, question on this line, is there any kind of screening that you can do? Uh, or, or, you know, if you're using one of these third-party sites like an Airbnb, do they have screening processes where, where the actual renters are, are screened or, or is not, it only the reverse? Not yet. And I, I think that's coming. Um, a lot of the screening that's taking place right now is to weed out scammers um, because so much money is flowing in such a new industry. There's a bunch of um, sort of sketchy folks that are taking advantage of, of the weaknesses and the holes in the system. Um, but beyond that, the way that I've seen most owners vetting their potential guests, um, a big one is talking on the phone 
it's not the the most streamlined or efficient way to start generating bookings, but you get a much better sense of who someone is and what they're looking for on the phone than you do from some anonymous email. And I noticed I noticed on Airbnb when I booked mine that uh, I had to connect. I, didn't, I don't know if I had to, but I think I had to connect my Facebook page to it. So, And I assume that was so that the person could see that I was a real person and that I wasn't you know, just a scammer. Is that, is that true? Is that why I had to do that? Yeah, most likely. Um, and a lot of the, the, the new um, sort of security measures that are being put in place um, are designed to do just that, verify that you are someone real. And actually the reverse is happening as well right now. There's a lot of scammers who are posing as owners, stealing photos off Craigslist or off VRBO, saying, come stay at my rental. You know, a family pays them three grand for a vacation and that shows up at someone's door. Totally unexpected. <laughs> well, that's that's, you know, you're laugh. We're laughing. But like, that's the thing I'm petrified yeah. of. I'm really, you know, I I have yet to do one. I haven't taken the leap of faith. But man, I you know, that would really destroy a trip. Absolutely just devastate a trip. You know, well, you that's go- where the reviews come in handy, though. Right. Like I looked at my place and there was one hundred ninety seven reviews of a place. So I, I think a lot of it would depend on that, right? Yeah, these, these are just, I think, natural hitches in a new industry. And if these hitches didn't exist, everyone would be renting and everyone would be staying in vacation rentals. So it's kind of the drawback of getting in early on a, on a new opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And hey, you, you mentioned earlier, you said you've been doing this for eight years and you've kind of learned what type of guest that you're looking for and what kind you don't. So what are some of those things that you're looking for when, when you get a good guest? Um, a lot of our guests are coming on vacation. Um, a lot of them are coming to experience Panama City in tandem with another one of the destinations in the interior of the country. So Panama, if you guys haven't been here, is an amazing country. I'll give Panama a plug right there. Um, is it, it's not like Detroit. It's not quite like <laughs> Detroit, slightly sunnier. Um, we equal amount of ghettos. Slightly. Um, but again, a lot of our guests are coming to stay with us in Panama city for several days. And then they're going to the interior for the beaches or the mountains. Um, and then they'll stay with us at the end. So in terms of a profile, um, we really like people who like experiencing the authentic side of a destination, people who would stay in a resort or who would stay in a Marriott, um, is not necessarily our typical type of client. And there's plenty of times that a guest will arrive and have, entirely um, inappropriate expectations of what a vacation rental is. You know, they'll be looking for valet parking or room service uh, or a jacuzzi inside of their, their bathroom. And in that case, we very simply send them to a chain hotel because we're not in the business of trying to convince people to stay in rentals as opposed to hotels. That being said, there's an increasingly large demographic of folks that really do want to live like a local. Um, so that's kind of our ideal client is someone who's coming to look and immerse themselves in the local community. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so what's the first step in buying one? You know, I, Brandon went away on his, his little, you know, jaunt to paradise <laughs> while I was here in, in, you know, 10 below, uh, Denver. And, uh, you know, he's cruising around and it's like, wow, this is a great place to be. I, I would love to have a place there. I mean, is it, is it just buy where you, where you like? I mean, surprisingly, surprisingly, that is a great first step. Um, because in the end, this is a piece of real estate that you own. Um, so it doesn't make sense to be investing in a property, you know, where you're not comfortable going on vacation. That's the added perk is that you can use your own property when it's not rented. 
Um, so so as, as simple as it sounds, that is a really good first step, choosing a destination that you really enjoy. Maybe it's a place that your family has traveled to for you know, summers on end. Maybe it's a place you grew up. Um, you know, there's any number of reasons that people choose destinations. Um, but apart from that, the amount of tourism in said destination is also extremely important. It's way easier to rent a condo in Miami than it is in Detroit. Um, and for that, <laughs> hey, I didn't do it that time. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to jump right into a competitive environment that has a lot of tourism already flowing through, it's going to be a little bit easier than trying to build your own niche in, in, in a place that's, you know, just starting up. In my particular case, when I opened up shop in the historic district of Panama City, it was more or less a ghetto back then. And we were the only nice place to stay. So I kind of had to build this entire thing from scratch. Interesting. Um, but Interesting. I would say to someone who doesn't have that marketing hand or background, um, choosing a place that already has an established uh, tourism sort of flow is a very easy way to, to get started. Gotcha. Now that, that's great. So, you know, it would say, say I'm not from an area I go, I visit once. I mean, do you think it's a good idea to, you know, I, I don't know, I, I go down to New Orleans and I, I find it pretty amazing. You know, it, you know, I think of it kind of like, um, just, uh, again, buying a rental, you really want to know the area that you're in, you know, is as, as a vacational rental, I mean, are you kind of cruising up and down the blocks, you know, finding out the crime ridden areas? Are you doing a lot of scouting, uh, as a typical person would, or is it pretty self-evident like, Hey, this is, you know, all the tourists are down in Orlando. So anywhere in Orlando close to Disney is going to work. So here's a really good, easy way to go about doing it. Go to one of the large websites, whether it's VRBO or HomeAway or Flipkey, and just peek at the amount of properties and the prices and the amount of reviews, uh, and you can even see their live calendar availability. Take a peek at how everyone's doing. So chances are that's going to be a pretty good reflection of how you could potentially do if you were to insert your property into that, um, into that market. That's gotcha. a good tip. Yeah, that's great. So, so what kind of expenses? What are, what are the costs uh, that are associated with with vacation rentals? It's uh, you know again turnover is is obviously going to be very high and and like a hotel, well hotels have maids and staff for that. Presume I I'm, I think most vacation rentals you're paying a, a third party service to kind of handle the the turnaround, uh, and the renters pay a fee to to housekeeping. Is that right? There's a number of different ways that it can be done, and that's kind of the beauty of this industry is that it's incredibly flexible in terms of how much work you want to put in and how much you're expecting to get back. So let's start at the beginning of the spectrum. Someone who buys a property and basically never wants to visit the destination in their life. Um, you hire a property manager. Um, let's say the same person doesn't even feel like doing any marketing. That same property manager or another marketing sort of branch will take care of the marketing. Um, typically those kind of agencies collect a fee on commissions, um, which can be anywhere from 10 to 45% of night, nightly rates. Um, the other end of the spectrum is the owner who wants to do everything themselves. Um, and there are plenty of those folks who might live next door to their vacation rental, or they might live in the same town or even a town over. And they love going and doing the flower gardens and they love doing the maintenance themselves and they like doing the marketing on their own. And in which case you have very few expenses. Um, but in terms of the basic things that you should be expecting to pay for when you're renting out your, your property to travelers, um, 
the turnaround, like you mentioned, Josh, is important. So um, there's a little more wear and tear on typical um, portions of the rental. You also are typically looking at a little bit of a higher end furnish, furnishings and finishings. Um, so higher end linens, um, you know, indestructible uh, pots and pans, that kind of thing. Um, there's the additional check-in procedure. Um, some owners have, are using these techniques where you don't even really have to be there to do the check-in. You can use an automatic lockbox or in some cases a cell phone app that allows the guest to enter using a, a barcode. Um, oh, that's great. A lot of these kind of services are just starting to emerge in what is, again, a very, very, very green industry. Um, but apart from that, you also need to add into your business, because this is a business, um, the cost of marketing. And like I said, it's not as easy as just buying a $300 listing and, and filling up your rental on the spot. There's a lot of time and there's a lot of sort of know-how and money that, that needs to go into generating a, a reliable um, following. So, so what is, you know... What does that entail? You know, my, my my thought was now that you've got all these portals and they all collect a fee, you basically go take some really nice pictures or or in the case of like an Airbnb, they'll take it for you um, and put the listing up and they'll collect their X percent at the end and it costs you just that percentage that you're paying to the company. What other um, marketing fees do you have? What what? How do you market outside of these portals? Yeah, those portals on their own are great if they can fill up your rental. Um, but there is also that feeling of dependence, of being reliant on this third-party portal, which might increase their prices, which might require me to log into the system to get the email address. And there's any number of sort of these dependencies that owners aren't too, too keen on. Um, so kind of what I preach on my marketing, in my marketing work is building your own reputation online, building your own website, um, harnessing your reviews, um, establishing really basic online marketing techniques like email marketing and press releases and some basic search engine optimization. We're not talking about rocket science, but it does require putting together some pieces of the puzzle. Um, and a lot of owners who are not ready for that, a lot of the owners in this industry are 60, 70, even in some cases 80 years old and don't even know what the heck a, a URL is. Um, so there's a there's in some cases a daunting learning curve that is presented to some of these owners, um, but those who are ready to jump in and start learning, it's actually an incredibly gratifying process. And a lot of subscribers who start from literally nothing and just take great pleasure in learning these new really simple techniques and generating more trust with their with their guests and ultimately a much better bottom line. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I, I think that's true in the, uh, you know, the long-term rental field too, like that we're in that, that most, I mean, most landlords are 60, 70 years old and don't, don't know how to use a computer. And so by, by being the landlord who can actually do that, it puts you at an advantage above everyone else. Bill, being able to put a good Craigslist posting versus just, you know, some t a wall of text, uh, you know, you're definitely going to stand out a lot for, for more than the competition. So I, 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 yeah, so and I, 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 I would even go as far as to say that the next generation, those who, who you know, grew up as babies using iPads, they're going to be way beyond us. So each generation kind of has its slight advantage on, on the previous. Um, but I would say stuff like video and mobile, these are online marketing components that even my generation is ve very new to. 
Um, anyone who's a slightly ahead of the curve in that sense, I think is going to take their own particular market by storm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think that's a really good idea. And, and that's why, like, I don't know, I, those are some of my favorite posts that we see on bigger pockets or things like how to do this or how to do that with, with technology and the new things. So, uh, it's very cool. We're always looking for ways to improve searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com slash VP. Connectinvest.com slash VP. Um, so, so why don't we actually go more onto the marketing now that we're talking about marketing. And uh, you mentioned the portals. There was, you know, homeaway.com. Airbnb, what, what, flipkey.com, is that what you said? Yeah, that's the TripAdvisor branch. Okay, cool. So so what else is there? I mean, you, 
you, you throw your listings there. What else? You said website. What about Craigslist? Is that a big thing for you? I don't like to recommend owners or managers rely on Craigslist. It's good for, for a promotion here or there, um, but it's not, a, it's not necessarily a sustainable marketing effort that can feed you, list, feed you inquiries you know, over the span of time. Um, more of what I preach is creating a bulletproof reputation as the industry expert. A lot of owners and managers, when they go in and buy their property, they buy it for a reason because they love the neighborhood, they love the area, they have great memories from, from their vacations there. So it's, it's a skill in turning that local expertise into useful information that potential guests can use. It's a much sub more subtle form of marketing in, in providing that kind of useful content. Um, but ultimately what vacation rental travelers are looking for is two things. One is trust that their host is actually a person and actually has a rental that's actually going to host them and their family as opposed to someone who's trying to scam them. Um, and two, someone who really does know a lot of insider information that can give them the absolute best vacation possible. So are you, are you basically advocating that vacation rental owners should become quasi travel writers slash uh, like travel bloggers, essentially, about the areas that they've got rentals in to, to attract folks? Yes, and, and in a sense, they already are. Um, so a lot of these folks, if you were to go visit your friend who has a condo in, let's say, Miami, you go to visit, and let's say he's not there for the weekend, he'll send you an email saying, this is the restaurant you need to eat at, this is the dish you need to order, this is the bartender at the local club that you need to connect with, this is the tour guide who gives the best undercover tours, yada, yada, yada. So providing that insider information from a vacationer's perspective is pretty much, you know, priceless. That's awesome. And, and you threw down the yada, 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 which, which is even more awesome. <laughs> you know, you know, I actually wonder if we couldn't translate that into the long-term uh, rental market, like that, you know, landlording, you know, if you're, yeah, I'm in a you know, small area, but maybe, maybe an area like Denver, like if Josh started a Denver you know, uh, I don't know, blog about the different places and different activities and things. I wonder if you couldn't use that in the same way to try to find, you know, tenants eventually and just kind of build yourself up as a, as a reputable landlord or reputable property manager. Well, so realtors are doing that. I mean, that's, yep. that's how a lot of them are attracting folks. I, I don't know that I know any landlords yeah, who I don't do know that. So it's an interesting thought. It, it is yeah. in, a, in a greater marketing sense, the way things are heading instead of selling and pushing, pushing, pushing your, your product, helping people, you know, providing yeah. useful yeah. information. And that, you know, goes no better industry than vacation rentals. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, so then there's, what, what about like YouTube? Are you, I mean, obviously YouTube or Flickr, you know, kind of the more, or Facebook, any of the more social channels, are you using stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it's all relatively new to the industry as well. And I can't say that any of the social media networks will generate bookings for you off the bat. Um, a lot of people think that they're going to put up a fan page on Facebook and generate 20 bookings in a week. It's just not going to happen. What those social media networks are good for is developing a, a trustworthy following. So people who like to follow the stuff that's going on in Detroit. <laughs> Maybe we should start using another <laughs> city example. <laughs> <laughs> Gotham City. Yeah, <laughs> folks who like to follow the, the the new restaurants and bars in Gotham City, um, they like to follow follow your lead. And ultimately, when they do decide that it's time for a vacation, where do you think they're going to look? Yep, yep. That's that's smart. That's smart. 
Uh, and then, then I, I read on your actual blog, you talked about AdWords and that's something that fascinates me. Cause I, you know, I, I've dabbled in it in the past, but I've never really actually done it for, for rentals. So can you kind of explain, like, how do you use, what is AdWords and how do you use something like that to try to generate listings? Yeah. AdWords is, is sort of the most straightforward, um, black and white way to see if people are interested in what you're offering. So on a very basic scale, AdWords is pay per click, which um, is represented by the ads you'll see on the side of anywhere from an organic search. If you type into Google Gotham City Vacation Rental, you'll see a, a column of various ads posted by owners and managers in Gotham City. Um, you'll from also, the Penguin, I think. Yeah, the Penguin has one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Batman has another. Um, Batman. It's also populated in, in things like Gmail and various other websites that are hosting Google ads. So on a very, very simple level, um, you as the vacation rental owner or manager are paying per click, which is to say you're paying every, every time a user clicks on your advertisement. Um, and that price can be anywhere from 10 cents to $10, depending on the competition in your own particular environment. So if you have a vacation rental somewhere that's not quite popular yet, the price per click is going to be way lower than somewhere you know extremely popular. Um, and from there, it's an amazing way to test out whether those users are actually interested in what you're offering. So when they do click, you can decide where they're landing. And that could be anywhere from a home page of your website to a specific landing page of your website to a listing that you have on one of these major listing sites. Um, and in driving all that traffic, you can see pretty clearly if it's working or not. So if you, uh, Brandon, were to go out and spend $50 attracting traffic to your VRBO listing and you got one inquiry, it might be um, a pretty good sign that you need to improve either your title or your photos or your description or your pricing. Um, and then you know, several weeks down the line after implementing all those tech, all those tweaks, you might spend that same $50 and see 10 inquiries. Um, so it's a nice sort of form of A-B testing that allows owners of any skill level and really any budget to see if what they're offering is what people are looking for. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, there's a, there's a guy, a marketer, his name's Pat Flynn, and uh, he, he, his whole thing is everywhere and and it seems like you know these days with with the vacation rentals it that that's probably the path that you really want to be uh to make sure you get everybody you know you want to be on youtube you want to have the blog you want to uh, be on adsense and do some facebook ads you want to do be anywhere and everywhere that people might be that where where they're looking for vacation rentals and in, in that same breath, that's a great point. And in that same breath, because the industry is so new and in, because in two or three years from now, I'm going to have 10 times as many competitors as I do today. Another huge component of today's vacation rental marketing is keeping in touch with your former guests. Um, yeah. Once a guest has stayed in your vacation rental, most likely they had an amazing experience. You were a great host. The property itself was stellar. They had a wonderful vacation. Keeping that same guest coming back year after year is far less expensive than going out and trying to convince a new guest that, again, you're a real person, you have a real property, and you're the real deal. 
Yeah, that's that's great advice, and you know, I think I think traditional landlords could heed that in a similar way by by taking their happy tenants. You know, those tenants who re up and stay at their properties. You know, presumably you're taking care of your tenants, and you know, use those guys as your best refers for for new tenants when vacancies come come in. Yeah, if TripAdvisor is any indication of the way this travel movement is going, which is to say, reviews. Um, there's nothing better that a vacation rental owner or manager can do than to not only start collecting very, very, very high, high quality reviews, but to learn to leverage them. Definitely, definitely. Good, good advice. All right. So, so one final, I guess, topic on the marketing, and that's something that fascinates me. I read that your, that your listings have been featured in places like the New York Times, Vanity Fair, National Geographic, and... I've never even featured in like my local newspaper. So how did like how did that <laughs> how did that how did that happen? I mean, how do you get your listings like national press as a vacation rental owner? Well, I will say this: after you get the first one or two, they really do tend to domino. So once a writer from the New York Times comes, chances are any writer from the New York Times in the future is going to come back to me. Any writer from GQ is going to do a Google search and see that I was in the New York Times and then come back to me. So the big trick is getting that first one or two. Um, for me, it was a large-scale publication like the New York Times. For you, it might be your local newspaper. So how do you <laughs> reach out to those pu journalists and publications? Um, there's a couple of different ways that I like to recommend. The first is coming up with really interesting stories that are happening um, in your local area. So a perfect example is a, an owner who's based in, I believe, San Pedro. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a sea lion who went and snatched a prize-winning fish right out of a fisherman's hand. You guys happen to see that video that went viral? <laughs> no. There's a sea lion now. whose name is like Pablo, and everyone in town knows him. And but Pablo's he, the sea lion. Yes, Pablo's the sea Not lion. the fisherman. Okay. No, I, no one cares about the fisherman. <laughs> and the fisherman was holding up his prize-winning catch for a photo, and literally the sea lion snatched it out of his hand. Anyway, it went kind of viral, and <laughs> a vacation rental owner in the area wrote an article about Pablo because everyone in the area knows Pablo. He always does that. This was not new to any of the neighbors. Pablo is just the, the, the sea lion that steals fish. So in writing that article, um, she was then approached immediately by, I believe, National Geographic, who wanted to learn more about Pablo so they could do a show. Um, she was also approached by a couple of bloggers, a couple of journalists who wanted to learn more about Pablo. And in quoting this woman whose name I can't quite remember, they also gave her a wonderful little plug for her vacation rental um, at the end of the story. So providing nice. funny or interesting or new updates about your local area is a great way to do it. Um, learning how to pitch journalists is a science in itself. Um, anyone who comes off sounding as too salesy or too greedy um, you know, is barking up the wrong tree. So I really would encourage um, an entirely selfless perspective on this. Really just try to provide as useful and interesting um, information as possible. And in truth, I'm friends with a lot of the journalists who have now featured my properties, and they like that kind of stuff. They like hearing from locals about interesting stories because the story about Pablo went on to generate a ton of traffic for their in their own newspaper. So reaching out and presenting helpful stuff without sounding too salesy, um, you might get a couple, a couple of singles or doubles, like 
Brendan, that might be a good place for you to start to get into your local newspaper. But then again, you might hit that home run where you get featured in the New York Times. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice and and, and a good way to market. Uh, so, so you know, we we kind of glazed over the economics. You know, we we talked about the fact that you can you can rent uh, these properties out, and if you were to get X number of days, you know, you're you're in 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 uh, in a good in a good way. Uh, what's the typical vacation rental uh, vacancy rate? You know, are, are we, is a typical rental uh, owner getting, you know, 20, 20 days a month of vacancy or uh, are there any statistics on, on, on what's going on there? Not really. I mean, it's, it's so, it varies <laughs> so much across the board and so many owners are so bad at keeping track of these things. A lot of owners starting off don't even keep track of their occupancy. So yeah. unlike hotels or B&Bs or anything like that, um, there is not a lot of data to go on just yet. Um, again, a good way to gauge a good litmus test to use is to look on one of these major listing sites at the availability calendars of something comparable to what you're considering investing in. Um, that yeah. should give you a rough idea, you know, barring the fact that they've probably been doing this for a couple of years and have a very good reputation, it should give you a rough idea of what to expect. And okay. I should mention that as I was answering that last question, I remembered that the sea lion's name is actually Poncho. It's not Pablo. <laughs> Close Poncho. enough. Oh, man. I didn't want to misquote Poncho is a better name for a sea lion. <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right, okay, so so I, I don't know. I, I remember, Brandon, you said you went and you actually looked at some rentals, right? I mean, you guys were driving around when you were down on your trip. I did. Yeah, yeah. I went and looked at, when I was in Fort Lauderdale, actually, I went and looked at a fourplex, and I thought, uh, Man, this would be just great to to buy down here, and I could you know manage it from home. I could you know I I, I don't know. I just kind of started like dreaming of how I could make this happen. This nice little like fourplex, and doing the numbers in my head, and they looked amazing. But I guess then I found out about all like the Florida laws and and stuff like that. So I don't know if I'm going to go that route. But I guess I guess, what do you recommend for somebody like me who wants to go buy? A vacation rental like that is that I mean is that a stupid idea for me to to be even thinking like that? It's incredibly stupid, Brandon. Why would you ever think? That? <laughs> I love it when my guests call my co-host stupid. Thank you. It, it's not a stupid idea at all. Nope. Um, yeah. And I would recommend you first start staying in more vacation rentals so you can familiarize yourself with you know what's expected um, from a traveler's perspective because. A lot of owners need to know that information when they're either furnishing their unit or when they're describing their unit to, to potential guests. So all of us have rented an apartment at one point in our lives. That's why being a landlord for long-term rentals is comparatively much easier than you know marketing these short-term rentals. So once you get a good feel for what is expected of a high-end vacation rental experience, and I'm not necessarily saying a high-end property, but a, a high-end experience, uh, customer service, um, you know, the actual stay itself, and then details after the stay. Once you have a good idea about that, I would say start looking at some of the other pricing in your area. You should get an idea really quick about what's an okay price to be asking. I like to recommend that owners or managers slightly undercut most of the competition, especially when they're starting. Uh, so if you have the exact same condo in the same development as Josh, let's say, and Josh is asking 200 bucks a night, um, you have a giant upper hand if you're asking 175, let's say. You uh, bastard. <laughs> don't tell Josh I told you that, though. 
<laughs> hey, so um, I know we're kind of jumping around here, so you know, I apologize to our listeners, but uh, you know, as these things are coming to me, let's say I wanted to buy a condo in Panama City. I don't live in Panama City. I live up here in you know near Seattle. Is that something that I could do? I could buy it and then kind of manage it via the internet and via the lockboxes and all that, like the electronic things, and pretty much take care of it from 5,000 miles away? Or is is that a stupid question? <laughs> An incredibly stupid question. No, that, that's not a bad idea at all. And I would say 50% of owners out there do operate remotely. Um, really? But it also means that you're going to be collecting a, um, a smaller amount at the end of every month. So you do have that property management fee that you have to add in there. You have to add in um, whoever's going to be you know, cleaning your rental if that's not included in the property management um, fee. So there's a number of, you know, of costs that do go into operating remotely, but is that to say that it can't be done? Definitely not. A lot of people do that. Hey, so, so my, my final question here before we move on to the next section is uh, on scale. Um, you know, presumably renting out one unit is, is going to be a lot easier than having 20 uh, vacation rentals that are turning over every day or two. Um, and, and I personally could see that as a somewhat of a management nightmare. Uh, so, uh, I, I, my understanding is you've, you've got a pretty decent portfolio at this point of vacation rentals. How has scaling been? What have been the biggest challenges as you've scaled? The biggest scaling challenges for me personally have been proximity. Um, and I think this would probably apply to most owners and managers wherever they are in the world. Um, if you're managing or you know, operating 10 different rentals that are located 10 miles apart, it's going to be much more challenging than 10 different rentals in the exact same complex. Um, so in terms of proximity, the closer and more similar of a product that you can get, the better. Um, it's much easier to, A, streamline the actual booking process and your customer service and your um, actually in-stay customer service. Um, it's also easier from, actually, no, that's pretty much the only reason it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So now that, listen, that's great. It's really good information. And, and I think, uh, I think it'll help a lot of folks out. So let's, let's move on to the next section of the show here. Our, it's time for the fire round. All right. The bigger pockets fire round. These are questions we ask everyone. Uh, let me redo that. All right. The bigger pockets. All right. The fire round. These are questions direct out of the bigger pockets forum that we're just going to fire at you and you can fire right back at us. So number one, multifamily property or single units. What makes a better vacation rental? Multifamily property, just because the large bulk of vacation rental travelers are groups that are looking to avoid hotels. Um, whether it's because more privacy, um, more economical, any number of reasons, there's a larger amount of group, um, demand than there is for single singles or couples. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, single family or condo, which is a better uh, vacation rental? Really hard to say. Uh, it depends on where you're located in a, if it's a corporate type metropolitan environment, you have a lot of business travelers, for instance, who want their own space. Um, the smaller scale properties are much more sensible compared to uh, say a beach, a more vacation -y destination. Um, where I would opt in the other direction. Okay. What do you think? Is it a bad idea to do a rehab 
into a vacation rental or is it better just to buy it turnkey and all finished? You know, you guys are, are, are the sort of experts on rehab, so I'm not going to try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about there. Um, but I will say that in, in, the, in the large scale of operating a vacation rental business, the more of a finished project, product that you can start with, the better. Um, you know, if you're rehabbing and it's, it's an entirely different industry getting to that beginning point than if you were to buy something that's ready to roll. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. This last question, I, I'm not quite sure why I'm asking it, but uh, because I, I have got my own answer. But the question is, I want to buy a vacation rental with family members. Is that a good idea or bad? The answer is bad, but let's see what you have to say about it. (laughs) I guess the next question is, do you like your family members? (laughs) Um, It's not all that uncommon. I'll say that. A lot of uh, investors go in on a vacation rental with family just because they're all using the property anyways. So if you look at a a five-bedroom home on the beach, a lot of cases it's exorbitant and it's prohibitively expensive for one particular investor. Um, yeah. So if it's going to be a group thing, you know, might as well go with the people you trust most, or in some cases you don't, you trust least your family. <laughs> there you go. No. And, and my, my big thing is, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you want to minimize squabbles and, and uh, I, I think, sharing times and, and having to fight over who gets to to have the vacation rental on Christmas and holidays can, can be uh, damaging. I, I know I, I've, I've heard a lot of folks who own these types of properties who've dealt with that stuff and it just, it's always a disaster. At least what I've heard. Yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, the reason I picked that uh, from the forums is because I know a lot of family members have said that to me like, Hey, Brandon, we should go buy a, you know, condo in Hawaii on the beach, or we should go buy a condo down in, you know, I don't know, Aruba. And then we'll just use it, uh, you know, whenever we want to, and we'll vacation rental it out the rest of the time. And I haven't done it, obviously, but, you know, it's been a conversation. Yeah. The only, the only tip I would give is make sure everyone's duties are very clearly outlined to be, to start with. Um, there is a lot more work that goes into operating a successful vacation rental than there might seem. Um, so if that kind of stuff is not outlined to begin with, you might have some squabbles. And, and, and along with that, along with the responsibilities, the, the costs associated with, with running the business uh, probably need to be discussed up front as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's, uh, let, let's crank out uh, to the final section of the show here, our famous four. All right. These are the last four questions we ask everyone. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get to them. First one, do you have a favorite or what is your favorite real estate related book? I know this might be a little bit different approach to you because you're doing the vacation rentals, but do you have a book that you would recommend as your favorite kind of vacation rental book or real estate book? There's not a lot of vacation rental literature, period, uh, because it's such a new industry. The stuff that's out there is very limited and in most cases outdated. Um, So I do not have a favorite vacation rental investment book. All right, wow. that's all right. Wow, you know, fifty fifty six shows, Matt, and uh, you're the first to uh, not have a favorite book. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Special. <No. laughs> we had somebody early on. One of our early shows said they couldn't think of one. Yeah, all right. So anyway. All right, all right. So yeah, you know, forget favorite real estate, a vacation rental book. Who reads that anyway? I mean, I don't know what kind of question <laughs> that was. Let's ask a real question here. What about your favorite business book? My favorite business book. 
I just finished a book about a year ago, and it was it's not exclusively about business, um, but there's a ton of business ties, and it's called The Happiness Hypothesis. Um, have you guys ever heard of that? I no, no, but I want you to say it six times fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a book that really did change my perspective, not only on business, but just on sort of gratifying way to live my life. And... Um, it kind of breaks down the world's civilizations and, and understands how everyone describes happiness and defines it uh, and then kind of helps you define your own version of it as it applies to you know, any, any number of components. Uh, and that book itself kind of changed the way I was operating my business. It changed the kind of investments I was making both in time and money. Um, and in the end, I found it to be one of the more sort of gratifying transitions um, in my professional career. Nice, nice, awesome. Uh, and we'll we'll point to that in in the show notes, which is going to be at biggerpockets.com slash show fifty seven. Um, finally, uh, for me, I guess, uh, what do you do for fun besides vacation? <laughs> um, <laughs> Life is a vacation. I mean, like, what do you do for fun? I live, I breathe. That's fun. I I do live in the tropics. Um, I have both the Pacific and the Caribbean Ocean within about 45 minutes from my house. Um, so uh, any kind of outdoor activity, whether it's um, swimming, I'm a huge swimmer, so I can swim in the Caribbean and the Pacific in the same morning. Um, I love biking into the rainforest. That's kind of one of the more fulfilling things they do down here. Um, apart from that, I'm a big foodie. Any kind of interesting or new food that tastes delicious, I'm a big fan of that. Um, nice. and soccer. I'm a gigantic soccer fan. And when I'm down here, I have to call it football, but I really do. Enjoy it. <laughs> nice. 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 Very cool. Very cool. All right. Final question for me. What do you believe sets apart successful vacation rental owners from those who fail? That's a great question. Um, I think the difference is those who are in it for the long haul. There's a number of people who are just looking for a short return looking to make a quick buck. Um, and if that's what you're looking for, you know, rehab a home and sell it. Um, but vacation rental hosting is all about building a, you know, a reputable reputation over a long period of time. And as you, as you go along, each year kind of adds on to that, that credibility. Um, so the, the owners and managers that I see that are investing, you know, not in tomorrow, but in a year from now or in two years from now, those are ultimately the ones that win the end of the race. Nice. No, that's yeah. great. Great. That's great. Well, so an interesting topic, you know, it's some, some might think it's, it's uh, not directly related to our traditional mission here at bigger pockets to kind of talk about flipping houses and rent, you know, renting a traditional rental, but I think it's part of the industry and, and, you know, we, we wanted to make sure to at least uh, start covering it a little bit uh, because so many people uh, go and travel and, and think about doing this and, and hopefully we bring a little bit of insight. Um, uh, you know, if you had one last piece of advice for folks who were uh, thinking to themselves, hey, I, you know, I, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm here and in wherever Brandon Turner just was on his vacation, his <laughs> round the world. Vac- yeah, let me let me do this. What one piece of advice do you think is, is probably the most important that you could give? I would say do it immediately. 
I would say don't hesitate. Decide you're going to do it and do it. This is such a, a burgeoning industry, and those who have gotten in early, on it early are going to be the winners in the, in the end of this marathon. So I would say if you are going to do it, the, the, the tiny sliver of vacation rental buzz that you guys have heard as quote-unquote outsiders of in the industry is just going to multiply over the coming years. And I think in a very, very short period of time, um, vacation rentals are going to start, start to sort of com compete very, very seriously with hotels. Um, so if 10 years from now, you know, our kids are looking back and saying, you mean you, you had the opportunity to get in on the, you know, the ground floor of the vacation rental boom and you didn't? What were you thinking, <laughs> Papa? Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. want to well, kick yourself in the foot. And, and on top of that, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, the competition is heating up more and more and more. But by getting in now, it, you establish your reputation now and you start building that now. So in five years, when the competition is crazy, you've had five years of a solid track record versus the guy who just bought five years from now and overpaid because it's. Well, well that's the big thing, right? If it's getting that hot, you know, presumably real estate in those markets are going to continue to climb uh, to exorbitant levels. And, and. You know, it's it's actually interesting. I'd be very curious to see what market rents are, typical market rents for long-term renters are in some of these areas. You know, how bad vacation rentals are affecting uh, rates for, for, for those renters. Because presumably, if I could go and take an apartment that I'm renting for two grand and rent it out, you know, make three, four thousand bucks a month as a vacation rental, well, the value of that property is going to increase. And is that going to force out traditional renters. And that's already starting to happen, Josh. And I would say in places like New York and San Francisco, where the biggest sort of hype around this industry is, um, you can't stop this movement. It's a very, very organic movement that is happening because vacation rentals are an amazing product. And I know you haven't stayed in one yet, Josh, but it, 10 years from now, I think you will have, and you'll have. Hey, access. Matt, whenever you give me free access to your closet, <laughs> I'll be there, buddy. Consi consider it done. Just bring me a really nice podcast microphone. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great, great stuff. Um, you know, hopefully people stay to the end because I think we, we nailed some of the, the really interesting stuff here. Uh, but Matt, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, before we let you go, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, one place. My website is vacationrentalmarketingblog.com, which is as long and annoying as it sounds, um, is where I put <laughs> my entire uh, host of advice, and it's all free. So check it out. Fabulous. Awesome. awesome, man. Hey, thanks again for being on the show, and thanks uh, for being one of our Bigger Pockets bloggers as well. Folks can find post from Matt on the Bigger Pockets blog. Matt, we will uh, we'll see you around. And of course, uh, for ev everybody listening, if you've got any questions for Matt, uh, definitely jump on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 57, show 57. And Matt will be there to uh, answer those questions for you. Thanks again, Matt. All right. Adios. Uh, thanks, Matt. All right, everybody. That was show 57 on the Bigger Pockets podcast with Matt Landau. Uh, big thanks to Matt. Makes me want to go down to the Bahamas or Panama or anywhere else other than freezing cold Denver and uh, go pick up some uh, vacation property. What do you think, Brandon? I think that sounds like an amazing idea. Let's do it. Right should, now. We go in, should we go in together like we, family? We should like family. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll work. I think it's a bad idea.
Uh, you're not my family. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now great show. Lots of lots of cool insight. So big thanks again to Matt. Uh, with that said, a big reminder to anybody who's listening. If you guys are not uh, connecting with us, please be sure to do that on the big typical social channels, places like Facebook, Twitter, G+, LinkedIn, Pinterest. We're all over the place. We're multimedia global. YouTube. We're not on Tumblr yet. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll get there. (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, we do focus a lot of our efforts and and things on on Facebook. So if you're not already following us, check us out. Facebook.com slash bigger pockets. Also, cool thing, we we just got our name finally from G Plus. So if you go to Google Plus, I think it's like plus.google.com, you go slash the little plus sign and then bigger pockets. So we have our new own name on G plus, which is kind of cool. Look at you fancy Josh. Yeah. There you go. Was that your little mayor? Ooh, of Lily Look foot? at you. Is that the candy cane voice now that you're striped from yes. your vacation? Yes. That is my candy cane voice. Yeah. Ooh, look so, at you. Yeah. Can we finish? Let's end this. People are yeah, bored. Let's end this. All right, guys. Uh, if you're not on bigger pockets, if you're not connecting, participating, please do so. Introduce yourself. Most most people join and uh, jump in and introduce themselves. Get a lot more out of the site than those who just join and do nothing. So get involved. Be part of the community. And thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Show fifty eight of the Bigger Pockets podcast coming up. And if you haven't checked out all our previous ones, definitely jump in. We've got a lot of amazing, amazing content. Thank you so much. I'm Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. (laughs) My dog's barking. I'm burping. You know, it's all going to hell. And don't put that in the uh, outtakes. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.